Welcome back everyone to another episode of Card Anthology from Magic the Gathering. In this episode, we'll be going over the second small set of the Kamigawa block. This expansion came after the set Betrayers of Kamigawa and will conclude the entire block overall. So, with that being said, let us explore the expansion known as Saviors of Kamigawa. Saviors of Kamigawa was released on June 3rd of the year 2003 and was the 35th Magic the Gathering expansion. It was created by Brian Tinsman, Brian Schneider, Brandon Bosey, Devin Lowe, Randy Bueller, Worth Wolpert, Mons Johnson, and Justin Webb with Jeremy Cranford as the art director. The symbol of the set is the Toro, which is a type of lamp used in Japanese culture. There were 165 total cards in this expansion with 55 commons, uncommons, and rares each. It was sold in 15 card booster packs, fat packs, had a novel that was released alongside this expansion, and had four pre-constructed decks, which are the Black-Red Critical Mass deck, the White-Blue Sorotami's Wisdom, the Red-Green Spirit Flames, and the Green-White deck known as Truth Seekers. As far as mechanics go, this set introduced the ability Sweep and Channel, along with other mechanics such as Epic and Wisdom. Sweeps are cards that when it is played, you return to your hand any number of lands of a certain type, and the more lands you return, the more powerful or devastating the effect becomes. This effect can be seen on the card Sink into Takanuma, Channel is the ability which can be activated with mana, along with being discarded to get an effect that is twice as much as the regular ability of the creature. This ability can be seen on the card Ghostlit Redeemer. Epic is a mechanic that once you play the spell, you can't play any more spells for the rest of the game. With each of your upkeeps, however, you get another free copy of the Epic spell. This can be seen on the card Enduring Ideal. The last mechanic was Wisdom. These are spells that get better or more powerful with the more creatures that you have in your hand. This mechanic is illustrated on the card Kitsune Bonesetter. The story of Saviors of Kamigawa continues on from the previous expansions. Toshiro Yumazawa has tried to avoid the Kami War altogether, but despite his best efforts, he starts to play an important role in the whole conflict. Together with the other character Michiko Kanda, Toshiro must find a way to stave off the impending victory of the Kami while also trying to keep himself alive in the process. There are a total of 9 true cycles and 1 vertical cycle. The first cycle were the Shinen, which were common spirit creatures with a static ability and can be discarded from your hand using channel to give the ability to another creature. The shining of the cycle included Star's Light, Flight's Wings, Fierce Chill, Fury's Fire, with the last card being Life's Roar. The next cycle were the Ona, which are uncommon spirit creatures that have a come onto the battlefield ability and these creatures can be returned when a spirit or arcane spell is played. This cycle of cards included Haru Ona, Kimruli Ona, Kiri Ona, Nika Ona, and Yuki Ona. There are the Bouncer Cycle, which are also uncommon creatures that requires another creature of its color to be returned to your hand during each of your upkeeps. This is in order to help with the wisdom mechanic and to keep your hand full. The cycle of these cards include Iganjo Freeriders, Oni of Wild Places, Skull Collector, Stampeding Sero, and Trusted Advisor. There was the Ghostlit cycle, which were spirit creatures with an activated ability and the channel ability as well. The Ghostlit creatures of the cycle were Redeemer, Warder, Stalker, Raider, along with the last card being Nourisher. There were the Morrow spells, which were legendary creatures that were based off the Morrow card from the Mirage expansion. Cards of the cycle were Kayamaro First to Sand, Soramaro First to Dream, Kajimaro First to Suffer, Adamaro First to Desire, with the last card being Masamaro First to Live. The Ascendant Cycle were rare legendary monks that could be flipped to become enchantments. These cards consisted of Runetail, Arayo, Kone, Hamura, with the last Ascendant card being Saseya. Kirin were another cycle of legendary creatures that have flying and the spearcraft ability that is related to the cost of the spell. The cycle of the Kirin were Celestial Kirin, Cloudhoof Kirin, Infernal Kirin, Skyfire Kirin, and Bountainous Kirin. There were the Morrow spells, which were spells related to the corresponding cards of the Morrow cycle. 
This cycle of spells included Descendant of Kayamaro, Descendant of Soramaro, Kajimaro's Clutch, Gaze of Adamaro, and the last card of the cycle being Descendant of Masumaru. Epic spells were rare sorceries that restrict you from playing any more spells, but the epic spell is copied on each of your upkeeps until the game ends. The epic spells were Enduring Ideal, Eternal Dominion, Neverending Torment, Undying Flames, with the last epic spell being Endless Swarm. The last cycle was the vertical cycle called Recursive. These were three black spells that has an ability to remove these cards from the graveyard when you have more cards in hand than your opponent. The vertical cycle included the common card Death of a Thousand Stings, the uncommon card Exile into Darkness, and the rare card Akita Born of Ash. In this expansion, there were four mirror pairs and five functional reprints, but did not have any true reprints from other previous expansions or core sets. The mirror pairs consisted of Arashi the Sky Asunder and Jawari the Earth of Flame, which were rare legendary spirits with an activate ability and a channel ability, Burning Azubera and Rushing Tide Zubera, which were uncommon creatures that would have their abilities activated if they go into the graveyard after being dealt four more damage, Hand of Cruelty and Hand of Honor, which were the samurai creatures with Bushido and protection from the opposing color, along with the last mirror pair being Ivory Crane Natsuki and Ebony Owl Natsuki, which were uncommon artifacts with an upkeep ability which triggers when certain players have seven or more cards. Hand of Cruelty and Hand of Honor were also notable for being part of a decent amount of aggro decks in the block-constructed format. The functional reprints included cards such as Blood Clot, which played the same way as the Urza Saga card Umbilicus, Molting Skin, which functioned the same as the Tempest card Broken Fall, Stampeding Sero, which acts like the Visions card Stampeding Wildebeest, Captive Flame, which played the same as Getu Warcry from Urza's Legacy, and Presence of the Wise, which functioned the same as the 7th edition card Gerard's Wisdom. While the Champions of Kamigawa expansion was still the most powerful expansion of this block, there was still a decent amount of notable cards that came from the set that affected numerous formats. Kataki Wars Wage was a white spirit creature that gave all artifacts a 1 mana upkeep requirement. If the requirement was not met, the artifact had to be sacrificed. This card mostly affected the modern format as it received many professional top 8 places in decks such as Humans, Toolbox, and Birthing Pod, along with also seeing a small amount of Vengeance play as well. Manriki Gisari was an equipment card that cost 2 generic mana, and the equipped creature gets plus 1, plus 2, and the tap ability of destroying a target equipment. While this card has not seen lots of play, it has been seen in standard weaning decks along with being seen in the Legacy format, as it is an inclusion in Stoneblade decks. Reki, the History of Kamigawa, is a green creature that has the ability of drawing a card when you play a legendary spell. This is used mostly in the Commander format as a form of card draw along with being used in legendary tribal decks. Mired the Moaning Well was a land card that could be tapped to add 1 generic mana, but also has the ability to pay 3 mana, tap, and sacrifice a creature to gain life equal to the sacrificed creature's toughness. This card has only seen a significant amount of play in the Extended format as it was mostly played with the color blue. Mikakoro, Center of the Sea, is a land card that adds 1 generic mana when tapped, but also has the ability of having each player draw a card. This did not see any real tournament play, but in the scope of the commander format, it is seen as a small form of card draw by using a land instead of an actual spell. Aboro Palace in the Clouds was a land card that could be tapped for 1 blue mana and could also be returned to the hand by paying 1 mana. This card has seen a small role in a few decks and has seen an equal amount of play in Standard, Modern, and the Extended format. The decks this card has been a part of include Merfolk, Tog, and Critical Mass. Ebony Owl Nasuki was an artifact card that deals 4 damage to an opponent if that player has 7 or more cards at the beginning of the upkeep. This card has only seen 3 top 8 appearances total, but was part of the deck known as Owling Mine, which combined the Owl and the card Howling Mine to kill an opponent by filling their hand. This deck style received 2 top 8 spots at the Standard Pro Tour in Honolulu back in 2005. Arayo Sorotami Ascendant was a blue creature that had flying and the ability to be flipped. When flipped, this card is able to count the first spell played by each opponent. While only seeing one top 8 tournament deck spot ever, this was an extremely effective card in the commander format and had to be banned due to its power level when flipped. 
The last notable card from this expansion was Pithy Needle. This was an artifact that only costs 1 mana, and when it enters the battlefield, you name a card. Activate abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. Pithing Needle serves as a way to shut down certain strategies by hitting some of the most important cards an opponent had. This was widely used as a sideboard card, and since it is extremely cheap in casting costs, it makes it very versatile. Pithing Needle has been used so much in different decks that it has been included in over 400 professional decks in a vast number of formats over the years. A sealed booster box of Saviors of Kamigawa is worth around $300. So that's all we have for this episode of Card Anthology for Magic the Gathering. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode, and if you did, please leave a like, drop a comment, and share this video. Subscribe to our channel for more videos such as this one, and be sure to also check out our MTG timeline video that we released earlier in the year, which goes over the lore of Magic the Gathering. If you would like to support our channel in other ways, you can click the link in the description to donate to our Patreon page, or you can also donate to us via PayPal and help the channel grow. If you missed our last episode where we go over the set Betrayers of Kamigawa, click on the link in the video description to check out the video after this one. Our next episode will be over the core set 9th edition, so be on the lookout for that episode soon. That is all I have everyone, Coach over here signing out, and I will see you all next time.